0: You're listening to the OKC 82 podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris, the best place for OKC Thunder basketball, a part of 107.7, the Franchise Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 79, but actually I think it's episode 81 because Madison and I did a preseason pod and we did an all-star break pod, so this is game 79 episode 81 of the okc82 podcast and what an episode it might be um might be just because it's just you guys are all stuck with me once again uh no madison she was uh, not in the building she i don't even think she was in oklahoma city tonight she was doing other fun things like uh in her own words on twitter watching people get married and then she described it as gross so we all know where madison's head at, is at in terms of matrimony um But yeah, about the game, about this game, uh, the Thunder, uh, they get their first back-to-back win and almost, I I think it was before the All-Star break, I can't remember, I I meant to look that up actually. Um, But it's been a while. I don't think they've been able to do it since the All-Star break's been going on. There's just a bunch of L's. Um, A few wins sprinkled here and there, but the biggest problem with the Thunder um, since the All-Star break has just been their inconsistency. They'll have a good win against Indiana at home, against Toronto on the road, Utah on the road, Portland on the road, and they're just never able to carry that over. So whatever secret stuff they were drinking uh, after the Lakers win the other night when Russell uh, registered the second 2020-20. Game in NBA history, um, whatever whatever they were doing, whatever they were feeling, it certainly carried over to this game tonight. And tonight was such a fun game. I mean, you got Russell Westbrook clinching a triple-double average for the third consecutive season in a row. Um, no one's even done it twice in a row. It's it's incredible, and we'll get to that later, of course. Um, you've got Blake Griffin going off. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That was almost as equally as incredible. Not as equally as incredible. What Russell did was historic, and it's going to be there forever. This was just a really good Blake Griffin game. Um, 45 points, 11 of 20 from the floor, 9 of 14. At one point was 9 of 12, so he missed his last two three-pointers. Just a flamethrower, hitting everything everything he threw up in the air. It was amazing. Um, And so for all the Sooner fans in attendance, and Blake did get a very, very warm... Um, ovation during the beginning of the game, so uh, he certainly felt right at home. His family, he had an entire legion of his family members and friends at the game. I saw them uh, as after I walked out of the Thunder locker room, they just all kind of walked in mass um, out of the Pistons locker room. So Blake definitely felt at home, and just he looked all the he, he looked so much like uh, 2015 Blake Griffin. That's what he's looked like all season. Uh, for the Detroit Pistons. The problem is, and I'm sorry, Jerry Ramsey, if you're going to listen to this in the morning or after our Basketball Insider show from 10 to noon, so tune into that, everybody. But um, it's a shame that he plays for Detroit. And then, Jerry, I actually talked to you about this when we were walking down the stairs. It's a shame he plays for Detroit because Blake has played so well. He's played at an all-NBA level. But, hey, who cares? It's Detroit. Um, but it was, cer- but with the Pistons, it was certainly a game that the Thunder needed to win against a quality opponent. Yes, the Pistons coming in tonight had the six-seed in the Eastern Conference, uh, pretty much, you know, all but officially wrapped up a postseason bid uh, in the Eastern Conference uh, for the first time in a few seasons, I believe, well, I think it might've been the year before Kevin Durant left uh, for, the gold, for Golden State that Detroit got beat in five in the first round. I can't remember, um, but it's been a while. So kudos to Blake Griffin and the Pistons and all their silly Detroit Piston fan, fans, um, but you had Blake going off, which was incredible, um, talked about Russell for a little a little bit, uh, Paul George looked a little bit better, like his old self, especially from the three-point line, four of seven, um, from deep, uh, Dennis Schroeder, great game, his best game in two months, I mean, 14 points, six of 14 from the floor, um, 10 assists, season high is 12, and I, I don't think he had another, I think... He might have had a few other double-digit assists so far this year, but it hasn't really been his forte. Um, the one thing, and this is the thing that I've been kind of griping about with Dennis Schroeder over the last few weeks, is just so many three-point attempts. And you can see it. The Thunder, they will routinely spot him up in a half-court set, and I, I really don't understand it. I mean, look, I understand. I understand that Dennis is a very capable scorer, Um, He's like diet Russell Westbrook in that sense, and that he can slash, he can get to the paint pretty much at will. And he can score in in bunches, just like we've seen this year with the Thunder. So um, the thing is, like I've said, is he's just not a three-point shooter. And five attempts, one of five, its to me, they're just kind of wasted possessions, but not that much to gripe about with Oklahoma City tonight, except that and the fouling. The fouling... I mean, they had seven first-quarter fouls, the Thunder. They sent the uh, Pistons to the line 12 times in the first quarter. And, I mean, despite outplaying Detroit, the Pistons had a first-quarter lead and a second-quarter lead heading into the, the locker room, and a lot of that was just attributed to the fact that the Thunder kept fouling and Blake Griffin was just going off. I mean, Blake Griffin had the same game he had, but if the Thunder had, they finished tonight with 24 fouls. If they had 16, 17 fouls as a team, I mean, Detroit had 23. Um, if they, if the Thunder had kept it around the 17, 18 mark, this game would have been well over by the time the Pistons went cold in the fourth quarter. Um, just too many sl- silly, sloppy fouls. And along with the Thunder's inconsistency since the All-Star break, I mean, that's been the... In my opinion, the the other main culprit is just the fouls and getting guys like I mean, very important players. Like Steven Adams tonight had three fouls in the first quarter, didn't play at all until the second half. Uh, Terrence Ferguson is typically a, a recurring character in this sloppy foul theme. Um, Jeremy Grant also, he had three fouls tonight. Uh, Steven Adams finished with four, surprisingly. Uh, Markeith Morris... Uh, three fouls as well, or finished with four fouls, and you know what, Markeith had a, his best game as a Thunder player in terms of the scoring, 12 points, 5 of 12, 1 of 2 from the three-point line, uh, that's what I like in terms of a guy that can can make some threes, I mean Markeith, not the best three-point shooter in the world, just like Dennis Schroeder, I mean Markeith is a little bit better than Dennis, but it, I don't know, maybe that's just the, uh, stickler and me if, if it becomes apparent that you just don't have it from deep because there have been times especially um one i can remember is that that game in orlando uh, right before the all-star break where um uh, dennis Schroeder really saved the thunder from a potential early bad early season bad loss um dennis certainly had it that night so if they're if they're falling if it's raining down threes then by all means keep shooting you're that talented um, but I kind of like the restraint tonight from Marquise Morris. The way the Thunder really used him as a role man towards the basket, it really showcased his physicality and his talent um, a little bit more so than how the Thunder have been trying to basically try to spot him up and get him in positions to shoot deep. Um, Hasn't been the best, and in fact, it's been in fact it's been kind of disappointing uh, for Thunder fans, considering you know at one point. Right after that, Utah went in double overtime about a month ago. The Thunder sitting 18 games over five hundred, and they add Markeith Morris, of course. That was his first game with the Thunder. You add Markeith Morris, and you think, wow, this how good can this team be? And it's just not really come to fruition, at least in Markeith Morris' uh, uh, standpoint. So you hope, if you're a Thunder fan, that he can really build off tonight. Um, At least offensively, because he he does provide some defensive physicality and some defensive toughness. That's always going to be there. And a guy that plays like Marquise Morris, I feel when the game is slowed down uh, much more where fouls or whistles are not really called as frequently, you know, ticky-tack fouls like the Thunder are certainly capable of of doing early in games, I feel like that's when a guy like Marquise Morris is going to showcase uh, his value to a playoff team. In Oklahoma City, so we'll see if he can continue that. Um, Stephen Adams, of course, I thought was an unsung unsung hero of this game. 14 points, seven of nine from the field, uh, 14 rebounds, just really dominated. Andre Drummond. I mean, Drummond finished with four points, three attempts, three attempts from the floor, and only nine rebounds. This is a guy that will routinely get 16, 17 rebounds. Uh, Drummond only, um, he also only had two offensive boards. Steven, let's see, Steven had eight. Steven was just a monster. This is the fifth game in a row that Steven has absolutely asserted himself in some way, shape, or form and had a great game. So it, you got to think, if, if Steven's been able to do this, you've got to hope that Markeith, just like I was talking about, Markeith Morris can start putting together some good games back to back to back to back because that's how you, obviously you want to start building those good habits going into the postseason. Um, the Thunder right now, I believe, are still a half game over the Spurs. The Spurs won tonight in Washington. So the Thunder still, I believe, still sit at the seventh spot. Um, they, they have some things to play for, but a little bit a little, a little, bit of it is outside of their control. If the Spurs run the table, um, San Antonio has the tiebreaker over Oklahoma City. So if the Spurs run the table rest of their games, which is fairly realistic at this point, San Antonio is pretty good and they're playing well. Uh, the Thunder will probably match up with Golden State in the first round. But if guys like Steven Adams, Markeith Morris, uh, even Dennis Schroeder, despite the three-point gripe that I have with him, um, if those guys are giving you positive minutes, if those guys are giving you um, good production um, in, in terms of, you know, things that you don't necessarily see in the box score, but also things that you see in the box score, because those are important too, uh, then you've got to like your you've got to like your chances as an eight seed. You can't really like them that much against Golden State, but I'm sure Thunder fans and the Thunder themselves are going to be fairly confident if those guys are playing at all cylinders. But with Steven, you know, of course, dominating Andre, Andre Drummond like he did, uh, but just being able to put out this production simply because, like I said, he had three fouls in the first three or four minutes of the first quarter. and did I can't remember if he played again. I'm sure he did in the first half. I know I already said that he didn't play again until the second half. But he only played 23 minutes tonight, so I've got to think he didn't play that much in the first half. Um, so to only a foul one more time the rest of the game while dominating Andre Drummond in the paint uh, on the boards and then have himself a nice offensive output of a game, that's, that's just incredible because – <laughs> Two weeks ago, I was burying Steven Adams, understanding full well all the great things that he's able to do uh, for the Thunder's defense in terms of communication, in terms of help defense, in terms of basically playing middle linebacker slash quarterback of their defense and making sure everybody is on the same page and uh, in in their in their right spots. I understand that fully well, but he just was not catching passes. He wasn't rebounding. He wasn't finishing. He just did not look like the same Stephen Adams that we've seen over these last few seasons, the steady progression of um, good production. So tonight, another step in the right direction for Stephen. Gives me a lot of optimism for this team moving forward into the postseason if he's able to keep this up. They've got three more games left on the road Sunday afternoon, 2.30 against the Timberwolves, who the Thunder (laughs) still have not figured out how to beat yet. Um, Houston, 8:30, and I'm rolling my eyes into the back of my skull. Tuesday night in Oklahoma City, and then of course the Thunder finish off their finale of the regular season on the road against Milwaukee, who has already clinched uh, home court advantage throughout the playoffs. So you got to think that Giannis may not play that game. So you know, uh, three variable, very, very, excuse me, winnable games for the Thunder. Uh, certainly tough in their own in their own respects each. So the Thunder still have a lot to play for, and they need guys like Steven Markeef, Shooter to continue this level of play, as well as Paul George and Russell Westbrook doing what they always do, seemingly night in and night out. Um, and yeah, even God, the Thunder just dominated this game—like 64 points in the paint to 30 for Detroit. You know, you just look at you look at Detroit scoring. You've got five from Bruce Brown. This, this is just the starting five for Detroit. You got five from Bruce Brown. You've got four from Andre Drummond. You've got eight from Wayne Ellington, a guy who the Thunder really wanted um, when he was a buyout candidate after Miami let him go, or Phoenix let him go, excuse me, Miami traded him to Phoenix. Um, Reggie Jackson making his, this was his actually his fourth game in Oklahoma City since uh, being traded in 2013-14, was it, no, it was 20, oh, they all bleed together. This is this four, this is the fourth time he's played against the Thunder in Oklahoma City, and he is surprisingly 2-2 two, two two now. He had two, he was two and one coming into tonight. Um, but yeah, Reggie has 10. So outside of Blake Griffin, you have nine, 17, got 27 points from the starting five, not named Blake Griffin. And then, yeah, like I said, Blake had 45. (laughs) Um, so obviously with Blake, the Pistons bench who the Pistons, the Pistons are kind of like sneaky deep. They've got a bunch of guys that can give you production. Um, Smith had 12 points, uh, Langston Galloway with 11 uh, Ton Thon whatever he's wanting to call it, uh, however he's wanting to pronounce his name, Thon Maker for those who want to say it phonetically, English correct, I guess, only 8 points, but despite all that, with how inconsistent the Thunder's bench has been, it's kind of a nice sight to see that they actually outscored Detroit's bench 39-31 point, but again, the Thunder's bench when Dennis Schroeder is not having a good game is not the best thing in the world. Um, But, you know, with Markeith Morris's 12 points, Schroeder's 14 points, the uh, bench was able to uh, stay afloat basically. And then you've got some nice minutes, 11 minutes and 30 seconds from Raymond Felton tonight, uh, six points, both of those coming from beyond the arc made all, all two of his three point shots. And it kind of seems like Billy's trusting Raymond Felton with a few more minutes here and there. I mean, after not playing almost for about a month or so, um, let's see, did Abdul Nader play? Abdul played a minute and 18. So yeah, Abdul played the final minute of the game when it was over. Um, I'm curious cause I've been asked a question, this, these questions before on the podcast. Um, if like what, basically what is the Thunder's rotation? And this was coming at a time when Raymond Felt wasn't even playing. I never for one second thought that Raymond Felt wasn't wasn't going to play again for the Thunder. I could totally foresee Billy Donovan going to him in the postseason, just trusting his veteran leadership, just trusting his experience. And he talked about it in the pregame today. Um, just uh, in terms of why are you wanting to put Felton and Schroeder out there? And he he said the usual answer of having another ball handler, handler, distributor um, on the floor, it opens up a lot. And if Felton can knock down the occasional three, that's just so big for the bench because so much of their scoring is tied up in Dennis Schroeder. And while Dennis Schroeder is very capable of scoring in his own right and can give you 14, 15, 16 points a night, and even explode every once in a while for 20 points. Dennis Schroeder can win you a game in the postseason, but he can also play a huge factor in losing you a game just because if he's, if he doesn't have it, if his shot isn't falling, he's typically not going to give you 10 assists a night like he did tonight. He's typically not going to rebound the ball as much. And he's just going to keep shooting and keep shooting and lose you possessions. And if that happens, the Thunder's bench doesn't score a lot. And if that happens, it's, that much more pressure on Russell Westbrook and Paul George to do more than their uh more than the brunt of the scoring. So um yeah, I mean, it's a 123-110 win for the Thunder once again. It's just a it's good to see this team kind of find that positive momentum that they've not been able to grasp onto and hold on to since the All-Star break. They, they like I said they they have a nice win here and there. And would follow it up with just terrible, terrible plays, all over the place um, in terms of their following game. Despite and no matter who it was against, whether it be Memphis sitting everybody, <laughs> whether it be uh, Luka Doncic having a seat, watching Dirk Nowitzki run up and down the floor on the Thunder's defense, um, it, it's just it's good to see. Just because you know, like I, I really don't care if the Thunder win or lose, but having watched them all season, I know how capable they are and I know how good this team is and it's frustrating just to watch as a fan of basketball when a team doesn't play up to their standards and you know they're going to have bad nights and it's an 82 game season I'm not an idiot it they're going to have bad nights but it's been more than that way more than that so it's nice to possibly start seeing this team turn the corner um, maybe a little bit too late because while they are certainly capable of making a first-round matchup interesting if they do draw Golden State or Denver. You know, Denver is a team that swept the thunder, so that's still no walk in the park for Oklahoma City. Um, but even though they can, they have the talent and the capability to push those teams, it's just going to be kind of – it's going to be I – mean, I don't even know. I don't want to say tragic because I don't want Dean Blevins to hate on me. <laughs> um, but it's going to be something like that because you're just going to think in the back of your mind – this is cool, though. Like, if you push Golden State or Denver to six, possibly seven games, that's cool. But you really shouldn't have been playing these teams in the first round. You should be should have been playing these teams in the second round, at the earliest. And that's the big, the biggest regret, I, I guess, for this team. And when they're throwing out bad, bad performances like they have been since the All Star break, that's just where the frustration comes from. But um, with all that said, I guess we should we, you, the listener, me, Brady Trantham. Um, talk about Russell Westbrook I mean look I have I've watched every single game of Russell Westbrook's career I have watched basketball since I was 12 years old and I, I kind of say this no matter like whether it's on the radio on the franchise whether it's on this podcast or other podcasts that I've been on in the past um, whenever someone basically asked me the question of do you care about a triple like in one way shape or form do you care about a triple double does it mean anything to you and I always say yes it's it's important It, it to me it means something and the anecdote that I always use is I remember you know midpoint basically right before LeBron went to Miami 2010-2011 um, I remember whenever a player that in that night, would register a triple double. It would be the lead story on Sports Center that night. It was a big deal. LeBron James registers triple double. Um, Dwayne Wade gets a triple double. It was always such a big deal because it, it's an it's incredible. It's it's incredible that a guy can get over ten points, over ten rebounds, and over ten assists. It, it's just it's unfathomable at times to even think about because. Unless you're close to the floor, you know, watching on TV is one thing because you can easily see the spacing. What you don't see when you're close to the floor is how fast, how big, how athletic, and how talented these guys are. It doesn't matter if you're talking about even the Memphis Grizzlies that the Thunder lost to. Those guys are athletic and talented and fast. They're in the NBA. So having seeing that firsthand and knowing that in my head, it's incredible that somebody can do this statistical, can register the statistical hallmark against guys like this in just one game. Now, multiply that times a thousand, times a million, and Russell Westbrook has done it now three years in a row as an average. That's, I mean, it's incredible. I asked Russell in the locker room, I'm sure everyone's seen the video by now on Twitter. Um, asked Russell in the locker room, do you ever just give your chance? You know, give yourself a chance to look back and take stock and what you've been able to accomplish. And you know, I knew I knew going into that question, Russell wasn't going to say, "You know what? Yeah, thank you for asking," and then give me a five-minute soliloquy on his deep internal thoughts. But you know, I, I think Russell did give he, he gave me a better question or gave me a better a uh, better answer, excuse me, than what I was expecting. He um, he said at some point it, it'll hit him. And then he kind of looked at me and said just like it just like it'll hit everybody in this room you know and um, i know russell and the local media it's been kind of testy here and there these last few weeks but one thing's for sure you know the the guys and the ladies that cover this team on a day-to-day basis uh, whether it be eric horn maddie lee royce young brett dawson uh, even barry trammell uh, myself I think as a group, we all understand how important a triple double is, and we all marvel at it. It's it's fun to watch. Um, I think I said it on the last podcast with Madison. Um, once it kind of became realistic that Russell was had the capability of picking up that twenty 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 game, once it once that came in play, I found myself kind of rooting for it, and i I rooted for it kind of unapologetically. It's like, you know you're supposed to be a buttoned up robot, you know, covering these games as a member of the media, which um, I understand that, and I try to do the best job possible trying to be professional, but still, we're, you get into this business because at some point you were a fan. You were a fan of the game. You were a fan of the team that you are covering, um, and those both those things apply to me. At one point, I was a Thunder fan, and um, just being in the building now two years in a row when Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double, it's... It, it, you know, I also asked Billy, and I, I, forgive me if I'm rambling, but it, it's incredible. I don't really know how to describe it. Um, I asked Billy about it as well in the post game, and he said, People don't understand it right now, but they will appreciate it later on. And even though I appreciate it now, I think I'm, I fall into that same category. Um, I'm really like 10 years from now, like when Russell Westbrook is probably done playing basketball, me and the millions of basketball fans across the world, they're gonna, going to look back and just say, I can't believe that that happened. I mean, Russell really isn't showing any signs of slowing down either. I mean, he, he clinched a triple-double um, the last game of the year um, two years ago. No, 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 it was with about a week left in the regular season. I believe that was the home game against Milwaukee when he won the MVP. Um, last year, I believe he clinched it on the last home game. I can't remember if the Thunder had a road game at the end of the regular season, but that might have been their last game. So he's showing really no signs of slowing down. So there's, I mean, you'd be kind of a, a weirdo if you're going to go into next season and say, "Oh, Russell's not gonna, going to do it again," because why would you think that? He, he's just a walking triple double, and the Thunder um, coming into tonight were 21 and nine this season. Uh, they're now 22 and nine, or no, 21 and nine. Russell didn't actually get a triple double tonight. I think, unless I missed that at the very end, he had 19. Nope, he had 19 points, 15 assists, and eight rebounds. So two rebounds away from a triple double. So the Thunder are 21 and nine when he triple doubles this year. Um, one of those losses came in that double overtime loss to the Spurs when he had 24. So um, obviously there is a tra- there is a track record of success when Russell does that. So it does mean something. And I don't think we can really fathom it. I mean, we can either appreciate it and root for it, or we can just completely dismiss it like some people do. And, you know, that's fine. If, if you want to dismiss it and just say that they're arbitrary, whatever. But I think that those people, 10, 15 years from now, whenever they give themselves a chance to look back on it, they're just going to go, how the hell did someone do this? Uh, I talked to Raymond Felton in the locker room, and I, I set up this question that i ask him as um you know when alan irison played in his career he would get criticized every single day for a plethora of reasons it, whether it was his attitude his uh, ball hogging mentality his efficiency just whatever he would get criticized and now every time you see a highlight video retweeted on twitter or you see anything on youtube with his highlights on it you see basically the recurring comment to those videos is, man, he was so great. I wish we had more guys like that in today's NBA. Those same people were probably not saying that 10, 12 years ago when he was playing. I mean, that's just just the hard fact. So um, that that same thing is going to apply to Russell because Russell in a lot of respects is fairly similar to Allen Iverson in in terms of his um, off-the-court attitude in terms with the media um, at times – he goes into hero hero ball mode, of course. He's not um, immune to that at all, but the comparisons are there. So I feel that the same reverence of Russell um, that Allen Iverson enjoys nowadays, that's going to be enjoyed by Russell Westbrook um, and deservingly so uh, years from now because right now he's in the thick of it. Um, everybody is in the thick of it right now in terms of watching him, analyzing him. And, you know, Russell would be the first person to tell you that the most important thing is to win a championship. I mean, he's he's been like that since the Thunder have been con- competing for championships. Um, that's the most important thing, but s- only one team wins a championship at the end of the year. And there are times where you can kind of look back and take stock on certain accomplishments and say, you know, he, he didn't win it. You know, at this point, Russ West, of course, hasn't won a title. He hasn't won one yet. But that really shouldn't take away from how great he is, and and again, I'm probably rambling at this point. And I'm probably I've probably repeated myself on this particular subject a handful of times, so I apologize. But I really shy away from the pissing contest of player X is player than better than player Y because of blah blah blah. Now. I'm all about comparing and contrasting players, but I, I never wanna put down another great player because they're a great player. I don't care if somebody is the sixth best player in the world compared to the third best player in the world. That doesn't matter to me. Basically, if you're a top 10 basketball player in a lot of people's views, you have a chance to A, win that game, B, win a lot of games for your team, and C, um, put your team in the playoffs with a pos- in position to win a championship. And Russell Westbrook falls under all three of those categories. Will they win a championship this year? I I don't think so. (laughs) Um, If they had still held the third seed, you know, I might have a little bit of a different opinion, but um, that's why they play 82 games. Cream typically rises to the top. But um, even if the Thunder get another first-round exit in this uh, postseason, that should not take away from Russell Westbrook's ability to do something that has never even been done twice in a row with the triple-double average. Now it's been done three times, and Paul George in the locker room said, no one's ever going to tie that or beat that. And, I mean, James Harden has the capability of doing it. LeBron James has the capability of doing it. And I'm going to side with Russell Westbrook on this one. If people want to do it, if players want to do it, and those guys are certainly capable, if they want to do it, then they'll do it. And I guess the, uh, the uh, argumentative statement to that would just be well they don't want to because they would rather win and that's that's silly that's that's silly um I think it's too simplistic to say that kind of a blanket statement and because again that's basically you're you're saying that not necessarily to value James Harden LeBron James or whoever else you're trying to defend you're saying that at the you're saying that to put down Russell Westbrook. um I just I think it's silly because um, there have been many 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 great players that have played in this league that have that don't have a ring on their finger. Um, at this point, Russell is in that he's in that crowd. Um, at the end of his career, he might have one. Um, whether he wins one with his own team or as a role player later in his career, I, I don't think his legacy is secure. And I'm thankful that I get to cover him. I'm thankful that I've been able to watch him just 20 minutes north of my house um, down in Norman. Like, it's it's incredible. And just like Billy said, even though I appreciate it now, um, I'm sure I'll appreciate it much more when I'm older and have some kids or something and I'm able to tell them, yeah, I was there. Russell Westbrook was uh, – he was incredible and – It was just incredible. So um, I think I've rambled enough about the triple-double, and I'm sure I'll get called a little fanboy, but I'm sorry. It's cool. It's really cool. I don't care if it was Russell or if it was Rajon Rondo. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I guess we'll just leave it at that. Um, The Thunder, like I said, win against Detroit, 123-110. to They held the Pistons to 14 points. Blake Griffin missed all of his shots in the fourth quarter. So whatever the defense um, defensive switch change up in the second half, it worked. But Paul George kind of said it bluntly and plainly. Yeah, Blake Griffin did. He wasn't Steph Curry no more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's about as perfect as you could say it. Um, the Thunder will take on Minnesota on the road at two thirty. Another two thirty tip off on Sunday in Minneapolis before returning back to Oklahoma City. and again, I'm going to roll my eyes, eight 30 tip off in Oklahoma city against James Harden, the Houston Rockets. And then on the road against Milwaukee and then the postseason. everybody's favorite time of the year. It's the playoffs. They're almost here. Finally. Um, Yeah, that's where we'll wrap it up. Uh, Everybody. Thank you guys. So, so, so much for listening to the show, for subscribing to the show. Um, The contest was really fun. Um, Hopefully, Tomorrow I'm actually going to send out some of the prizes. Um, Big shout out to everybody that um, was able to get a question in or that subscribed. Uh, Thank you guys so, so much. And hopefully you guys stick with us. Hopefully you do because I'll just go ahead and throw the tease out there right now. Um, We've got a big, big, big guest lined up for one of the home games in the postseason. So um, just look forward to that. I'm excited. Madison's excited. Jerry's kind of excited. Um, it's going to be fun. So no matter if the Thunder are playing pl- in the playoffs for four games or 12 games or three rounds, who knows? Um, we will get you covered on the okca 2 podcast. Um, stick with us on the franchiseOK.com. writing something about the triple double. I mean, I basically just talked to talk about it. So if you want to see it in the written word format, I'll probably put it out at some point at two 30 or three 30 in the morning. Ugh, it's going to be a long night. Um, also, Tune in tomorrow on the on on one hundred seven point seven the franchise 107.9 in Tulsa from ten to noon. You'll hear Jerry Ramsey, John Ham, Madison Morris, and myself doing the Thunder Basketball Insider Show. So tune into that. We're gonna have a few guests. I believe Steve McGeehy, uh Steve McGeehy, friend of the podcast and friend of the station, on at some point um, in his travels on the way to Minneapolis. So look forward to that. Uh, but. Again, thank you guys for listening, and uh, I guess we will talk to you guys later. Have a good one.